I have Lynn Mueller on the podcast. Lynn is a pioneer of wastewater restoration and is the CEO of Shark Energy Systems, which is known as a revolutionary technology that specializes in wastewater. Shark is a Canadian company based here in Vancouver, BC, and started in 2010 and is now a world leader in thermal heat recovery and has cracked the code on being able to implement efficient and economical systems for heating and cooling in commercial, residential, and industrial buildings. Shark energy systems reduce greenhouse gas emissions, protect our oceans from thermal energy increase, and provide clean energy for saving one-third of the world's energy. In 2018, Lynn was nominated for the EC Manning Innovation Award in honor of his groundbreaking innovation and has positively impacted Canada and the world for many years to come. I'm thrilled to have Lynn here on the pod and share his story of creating a solution when it comes to sustainable heat water recovery. So Lynn, how are you? And thank you so much for being here. I'm great, Emily. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. I'm really happy that you agreed to chat with me and let me interview you. I'm really excited. Well, I love, um, I love young people. Uh, I mentor probably six or seven students now that are in UBC Engineering and uh, New York Institute. And, and so uh, that's the only way we can pass it on. Oh, that's very cool. Very, the very little bit that I know I'm anxious to share. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, we'll just get right into it then. So I would love to hear how this idea came to you. And what was it like when you first started back in 2010? Well, it's, it's not a very exciting story, really. And, uh, you know, when you think of sewage in general, it's not, not a place uh, most people want to go. But um, I was going to take some time off between, uh, between jobs and I was going to retire for a bit. But, but I spent a few days at home and I realized that probably uh, my wife was not ready for me to retire either. So uh, on her uh, prodding, uh, she said that I had to find something to do or find a new place to live. So I had been noticing the, um, the hot water bill at our house. And, you know, we have kids about your age and, and we were paying about $1,200 a year just to make hot water. So I've always I've spent the last 45 years in the, in the refrigeration and the heat, heat exchange business. So my mind started thinking, where's all that going and can I get it back? And if every house is in, the, in the world is throwing away $1,000, where is it going to? So that was, uh, that was my impetus. Of, um, and I've, uh, I've done about 500 and some patents in my life, so I'm not afraid to try to invent something. So I thought I would uh, try to find a way to get that back. Yeah, very cool. And then, so someone being on the forefront of green technology and clean energy, did you face any pushback when trying to explain the benefits of sewage heat recovery and to find investors? I saw a quote that every person uses 60 gallons of water a day and half of that is heated. So was that something that you used as leverage when it came to increasing demand? And were you blown away by that number? Yeah, you know, the, the numbers are staggering. So there's a, there's a trillion dollars a year worth of energy that goes down the drains of the world. But, uh, but when I, um, I've had several other jobs over the, few, over the years where I've brought out new innovations, but sewage heat recovery is really the easiest one I've ever done because if I tell people that I'm taking heat from wastewater, everybody says, 
Yeah, I always thought there was a lot of heat there. And they, they really don't even wonder how I do it. So uh, the pushback was minimal. Uh, we were very lucky to get some great investors early on and continue to have some amazing investors in Shark. So Shark has been one of the easier ones, actually. Okay, that's cool. Um, so if I've understood correctly, Shark's Energy's main products are the Shark system. And then you have a newer system called the Piranha. Um, and these remove solid waste from wastewater, and then that allows the wastewater to efficiently move through a heat exchanger and a heat pump. Um, but for someone listening who has very basic understanding of wastewater, or how would you describe how the energy systems work and how they utilize the energy that's wasted? Yep. So what, what's really special about what we do is the just the efficiency of the unit. So by using one unit of energy, we can recapture the equivalent to five units. So um, that's called a heat pump. And a heat pump is just like your fridge in your house. So I'm a, I'm a working man. So I use the example of, you know, every night I, on the way home, I pick up a half a dozen beer, warm beer, and put them in the fridge. And a couple hours later, uh, the beer is cold. The back of the fridge is warm. Well, that's, that's a heat pump. And I don't really do that. But uh, but it's a great example. So it's a very simple technology. And what we had to do is make all of that energy down there accessible. So we had to clean the paper and whatever other items are coming down the drain, coats and blankets and one thing or another. So we, we had to take that out so it didn't plug the heat exchangers on those heat pumps. But, but the, um, the really the great thing is that sewage is really warm and and we're just taking that heat out of there. So it's much easier when you don't have such a big temperature gradient where you're trying to move the heat. So we use a heat pump, which is a refrigeration device to extract that heat. And then we can amplify it into usable heat. So we make you know warm water right to 65 degrees C. So meets all the health codes and you can shower in it. And then you just throw away that energy and we sell it back to you the next day, the very same energy. Okay. And this is water. Cause I think what I was confused about was there's sewage waste and then there's water waste. Is that the same thing or is there a difference there? Yep. We deal with, uh, we deal with, with black water it's called. And that's with, you know, all your biological products and everything in there. So by the time we see it, it's just kind of brownish water. We've never seen a loaf float by in the water or anything, but, but there's, <laughs> there's okay. a tremendous amount of water. And to give you an example of some cities, so Vancouver, for instance, has about 600 million gallons a day of wastewater. And it's all been heated about 15 to 20 degrees. So that's all that warm water goes down the drain and heats the millions and millions of gallons. It's, you know, it's a small river every day. New York City has 1.4 billion gallons. So, uh, you know, if you, if you took just one degree back from the flow of water in New York City, you could produce $3 million an hour in energy. That's amazing. Yeah, and so it makes yeah, because everything that I use in my household is usually warm water when it's either me washing my hands, taking a shower, a bath, um, the dishwasher, washing dishes, laundry, everything we do really. Yeah, and, and one reason I focused on the water, Emily, is that buildings are being built better and better all the time. So the, the building envelope is so good now in Vancouver, 
you virtually don't need heating. You know, nobody turns the heat on anymore, but everybody still uses the same amount of water to shower and do their laundry and, you know, do the dishes and stuff. So, so the wastewater is, is a common thread to every city. And there's only one sewer system per city, so it's pretty easy to deal with. Yes. Yeah. So I know that in Vancouver, and like you mentioned, um, we are using it in the Falls Creek District. And I know that you have a few other places around the world that use it. Would you mind just explaining who your main clientele is and how you operate in both government, private sectors, and internationally? Yep. We... Um... We deal with, um, you know, anybody from a, build, a building developer to, um, to the city, city of Vancouver, you know, the city of Washington, D.C. Uh, so we can do anything from one building to you know, half the city sort of size. So the Piranha is a system that goes into a single building. And it just catches the wastewater as it leaves the building, takes the heat back out of it and puts it in the next batch of warm water you need. So um, what we've proven there is that, you know, we were the most efficient system to make hot water in the world. We, we recently won a, an innovation contest in the US with the Electrical Power Research Institute where we were able to demonstrate that nobody in the world makes hot water more efficiently than we do. Wow, that's so cool. But the, the real thing that I like is that you use the same energy every day. It never leaves the building. You just continually recycle it. So I'm a, I you know, know two laws of physics. The first one is that energy can't be created or destroyed. And heat moves from warmer to colder. And so as long as those two laws of physics stay in effect, which they probably will, um, our systems work. We don't need a quantum shift on how the world operates to have our system work. We just need physics to remain in effect. Okay, so it's really just storing that heat energy. Yeah, and, and nowadays you hear about um, carbon, carbon um, mitigation strategies, etc., and, and how much your carbon footprint is. So when you drive your car, you know, you produce a couple tons of carbon a year. So what our systems do is offset the use of natural gas to produce hot water. So on a, we've got a, we've got a building in um, Vancouver at the corner of Kingsway and Boundary that's 1,050 apartments. Well, we were able to save about 700 tons of carbon a year from one building, wow. which is an enormous amount. It, it sort of um, offsets every car in the parking lot's operation. For sure. So it's a, it's a staggering amount of energy that's thrown away. And um, I don't know, did you, did you happen to watch the Power of Wastewater video? I did. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you think of uh, all of that hot water goes down the drain and eventually ends up in the rivers and oceans, mm -hmm. well, that, that all contributes to thermal global warming. So that's enough that's enough energy to melt the, the mass of 11,000 Empire State Buildings, which is a tremendous, uh, you know, I can't remember the exact weight, but a tremendous amount of ice. And from one building, uh, we calculated the amount of ice that we could save is about equivalent to an American football field 75 feet deep in ice. Wow. So that's one building. That's amazing. And very important right now because 
as we're seeing climate change, it's from greenhouse gas emissions, which is from carbon, um, our carbon footprint. Everyone's talking about how we need to reduce it and wondering how we can. And so when I was seeing those statistics in the video, by eliminating the need to burn more fossil fuels, we are reducing our carbon footprint. Um, and then this is another benefit by lowering the utility and operating costs for people. So as a consumer, you're saving money, which is how I understand would be the main benefit people would want to implement these systems. I'm sure that's been your kind of like golden ticket when you're trying to get people to install your systems. What are those money saving numbers look like? Well, because we operate at 500% efficient, so it it takes $1 to move $5 worth of heat. So we are, uh, we're super efficient. We have, a, we have a 40 unit apartment building over in North Vancouver that we used as our test, or 60 unit, pardon me. And they save about $9,000 a year on energy and about 60 tons of carbon. So the province of British Columbia has valued carbon in, in five years at $150 a ton. Mm-hmm. So they can sell those carbon offsets to whoever might need them. But it's a it's a amazing uh, it's an amazing cycle that you don't have to throw the heat away, and and I think it makes sense to just about everybody. I, I was speaking an hour ago with a, a member of the House of Representatives in the United States, and uh, their energy and water uh, uh, person there. So. Her comment was, you know, it's amazing. She's never seen anything that can have that sort of effect on the energy infrastructure in the U.S. So, it's uh, it's an amazing uh, amazing technology. But uh, I guess when I when you ask me really how I got started, I've been in the I've been in the green business for about forty five years before there was a green business really. Mm-hmm. But I used to travel in the far north in the Arctic. I would go up and service the refrigeration equipment at the Hudson Bay stores at the trading posts. Well, most of those places now are underwater. So I know firsthand that climate change is real. And, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm in the, in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And, and uh, I couldn't wait to get off that damn farm. I hated it. But now I would do anything to get back to that sort of lifestyle where you, you know, you're self-sufficient and you raise your own food and you, you don't disrupt the neighbors kind of thing. But yeah, I, I digress a little there, but no, I love that. I think that it's so true. I mean, for me too, I, I believe in climate change. It's, it's definitely happening. I'm actually taking a course in school right now where we talk all about glaciers and how they're melting and the kind of feedback loop that accumulates with that and how that that really does, it doesn't only affect the polar bears, for example, or the sea levels rising, but also agriculture and then it threatens food systems and food security. So everything is very interconnected. And I think that once people start to learn more about that and how it does impact everything that we do, it, it really is important to be trying to understand how we can find these solutions. Yeah, and I think we we have to, you know, we've I've got kids your age, and I've got grandchildren, and I want them to have the same world that I knew. And when I was forty, let's say, I didn't think climate change would affect me personally. I thought it might affect my kids or my grandkids, but now I see it every day. Like our our lives are affected. Um, I used to spend a lot of time in the north, so. 
Uh, Yellowknife, for instance, used to have 60 days or 40 days when it was below minus 60. This year, they had three days when it was below minus 40. So, you know, the importance, the importance for the world is now. And people like you, uh, you know, I really admire because you're, you're out there doing it. And, uh, you know, my own daughter, Danny, is a big advocate and my kids were in eco clubs. And, and um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of what you're doing. But to be effective, you know, you have to be sustainable. So to put it in your building, we have to save you money. So we can do that. You know, it, it operates for 40 years. So we know the embedded carbon footprint of our equipment. That's very important to us. So we're now launching a program called the Made in Canada Climate Solution. We call it Shark Bite. And we're going to every community in Canada. And we're doing, you know, smaller communities where they may not have the engineering and financial wherewithal to do projects. So we're going to do that for them. We're going to we're going to find all the grants. We're going to find the funding. We're going to do the engineering. We're going to facilitate the installation, because I know that every everybody in Canada wants to be part of the solution. They just need an opportunity. Wow, that's so, amazing. I love that. Are you thinking of maybe implementing that type of system, um, like? internationally possibly to like a third world country or anything where they can't afford it. yeah we operate around the world now emily so you know as a crazy old farmer from alberta i would never have dreamt that i could sell a unit in kazakhstan or you know we sold one in monaco uh, new zealand australia the uk um, so we we pioneered you know we started the industry we built the equipment and now we're uh, we're able to reap the benefits of that, and uh, you know, shark is a shark is a money making venture too. So uh, you know, to be sustainable, you can't be afraid to make money. I agree, and I think there's a lot of money to be made in the sustainability um, environment and development of green technology for sure. I think you might have answered this question, but as a sustainability leader and someone who obviously values green tech, what do you see being the main urgency? energy security and maximizing the potential of our resources. Yeah, I, I think um, if you've ever been to Europe and stuff, and I know you have, you've traveled extensively. Um, in Europe, they find out every winter what it's like to not know where their energy comes from because Russia turns the tap off a few times on the natural gas supply just so they can manipulate the price. So I think there's, there's such an incredible value in having your own energy supply and and by recycling it you you really get the, you know the benefit out of it every day and you can uh, you can have economic stability you can have uh, you know comfort and uh, you don't have to sacrifice uh, you know those poor guys over in england never know if the heat's on or off and, and uh, so you know, I think the um, the indigenous supply is incredible. So we're doing a we're doing a project out at UBC, across from the golf course there called Lellum. It'll be the first carbon neutral, nearly net zero district energy system in the world. We don't import energy to that site other than electricity to move heat around, and electricity is pretty much totally green. So it's a it's a real example of us working with a very advanced First Nations group to really, you know, the First Nations really understand harmony with your surroundings. 
and it really met their needs. It, it met the city's needs and our needs. So uh, no energy imported to the site is absolutely amazing. Wow. And I'm curious, how do you get the systems overseas? Are they built here in Canada or where are they imported from? Yeah, we, we build equipment right now here in uh, Port Coquitlam and in Bellingham, Washington. But uh, we ship them, you know, we put a container together and ship it. But, um, but sustainability-wise, our mission is to, um, is to build where we do business. Mm -hmm. And so being an elder statesman, I was able to uh, design Shark the way I sort of saw the world should operate. So we have some core values at Shark that are maybe different than other companies. And, you know, if, if our employees' children want to go to university, Shark will pay for their education. We will, uh, we want to have inclusion and empowerment. So with uh, three daughters and three granddaughters, uh, empowering women is number one on my agenda. And so we want to be inclusive. We want to make sure that everybody working here can be fulfilled for their, for their life. They can work here for their entire life and be fulfilled in their job. And that means they can save money to retire and, you know, and be challenged every day. So one thing at Shark, there's, it's so fast around here now, there's a lot of challenges, but, but we want to be multi-generational. We want to treat people right. We want to honor our commitments and, and our people and, uh, and really have a sustainable company inside and out. Wow, that's amazing. I really admire your vision for Shark and I wanted to know what your long-term vision was, but it seems like you've already answered that for me too. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's a pressing issue for me because uh, I, I absolutely love people. I get up every day excited to who I'm going to meet today. And, and there's nobody more important to me than, you know, my wife, my children and my grandkids. And, uh, that's why I do it. I'm, I should be home with my feet up and retired, but uh, I've never been more driven in my life to accomplish something. You are full of energy and giving me such good vibes right now. So thank you. I'm really motivated to see get up to in the future. And I'm so happy that Shark exists because you guys are really making a huge difference. And yeah, we need you. We're lucky to have you. <laughs> well, thanks, Emily. And, uh, you know, one day when you're working with Shark, you'll be the president of Shark. And, you know, every, every job at Shark is uh, open to everybody at the company, mm -hmm. my job included. We just haven't found anybody stupid enough to do my job. But, <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, you know, everybody here gets a chance to com contribute and 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 be, you know, they can be the leader they want to be. They can be, you know, we, we empower people from around the world to work with us because, you know, the, the, the brilliance of youth is, uh, it just encourages me every day. Yeah, well, Shark seems like a very innovation or innovative company. So I'm not surprised that you guys have such forward thinking about the way that you want to treat people and bring value to the world. Thanks, Emily. Do you have a veggie of the day for Anything, a piece of advice or a quote, something that you like to leave? Well, you know what? My advice to people is to embrace failure. That's the only way you learn. I, when, I, when I have people ask me for advice, I say that I can't really tell them what to do, but I can sure tell them what not to do. And, you know, if I would have given up when I failed, uh, I would have been out of business a long time ago. So 
I, uh, I never look at failure as, uh, you know, failure is such as I found another way it wouldn't work, you know, so, but a lot of times I found a hundred ways wouldn't work before I found the one that did, but it's part of the process. So, you know, embrace failure and, and, and revel in your successes, you know, and, and there, there's ways to, there's ways around everything. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Len. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. My pleasure, Emily. Anytime. I think we probably should do it again. Uh, Anytime. You're welcome back. (laughs) Thanks, Emily. Take care. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about Shark Energy, you can check them out on their website at sharkenergy.com. And if you guys liked this episode, Please show me some love, write a review for me. You can also rate the podcast on Apple or Spotify and make sure to subscribe. That's a free way that you can help support my podcast and I really appreciate it. Also, I love to hear from you and know your thoughts on the episode. So slide into the DMs, let me know what you thought. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. Until next time, bye.